Hi, Dr. Maria here. The pain of losing a loved one is huge. How much more difficult this is made due to the circumstance of the pandemic. Join me as we hear from one who feels it and knows it. We're keeping it real. Be encouraged by this interview with Elder Edward Jr. Durant. God bless you. So today we are going to be conducting an interview with our Elder Durant concerning the loss of a loved one during the pandemic. There's a pain there that has not been known hitherto for, and so I'm grateful to our Elder Durant and his son, our Deacon Director Ryan Durant, for allowing us this time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we approach your throne room this day. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. And God, that you are steadfast, you remain the same through all of the changes in life. God, we ask for your help right now, your support, your love, and your care as we speak concerning your daughter, Julie, and you receiving her back to yourself. I pray that you'll strengthen our elder Durant. Pray that you'll give him the ability to communicate just as he can, his feelings and his heart. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So how are you today, Durant? How are you doing? How Fine, thank you. Again, we are thankful that you have availed yourself for what I would term um, a, a transparent conversation. And so I'm just going to be led by the Spirit as I've been pondering about it and say that first of all, in the level of grief that I still feel at times, I can only imagine the times that come to your heart and your son's heart in particular concerning uh, the death of Julie. You know, it seems unreal. Why don't you share, first of all, with the audience, give us some history. Tell me how you met you. <laughs> uh, it was... In November 1977, I was in Hamilton, and uh, I met Julie Deuce, another close friend of, of mine, um, the Richards family, Nauda Richards and Brenda Richards, Beverly Richards met, and we were talking, and then Julie came, and I was introduced to Julie through them, and then I met her, I then I saw her a month later on a Sunday afternoon. After I had finished my lunch, I was, I was in the police force in the old police station on Parliament Street, which is now the government offices. And um, he walked across the window where I was looking out of with a girlfriend of hers that I knew. And uh, I went outside to meet them, but, well, meet her and talked. I was still working, so I couldn't say there for so I asked them where they was going to be at four o'clock when I knocked off, and they said at the latest house. So I said, "Okay, I'll come by." And then from there we just talked and talked, and I tried to introduce myself to her. And then I thought I was getting somewhere. <laughs> I thought I was getting somewhere, and she asked me around six thirty, two hours later, about two hours later. What was I doing that evening? Was I free this evening? And I said, yes, definitely yes. <laughs> and then she asked me, would I come church with her? And that's when I jumped back in my seat and you go to church on a Sunday night? 
are you a holy ruler? Because I heard, heard of a holy ruler named Ron. Are you a holy ruler? And she said, no, I, I'm a New Testament Church of God member. <laughs> and I said, um, no, I can't be to church tonight. Definitely. And then from there, we just, she, she, called me, she called me that night after she got home from church, which was about 10.30. <laughs> Even more amazed. And and I was wanting, should I continue this conversation? <laughs> and church all day and then church at night. Anyway, we just became very good friends and started to um, hang out more and actually date um, for from 1978 until 82. It was, was courting. And, um, and then I asked her, her to marry me on Good Friday morning service, office service at Fort Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. That's sweet, man. Yes. <laughs> so you guys, wow, you you have known each other or had known each other for so many years of being together. Um, you know, it's almost like you said, Jew and Junior and Jew. Yeah. You know, it was like uh, the two of your names, um, you said them synonymously or together, yeah. or, you know. Yeah. Um, what a rich, rich relationship. Wow, rich. So talk to us about what did it mean to you? How did you know you were in love with Julie? Well, we, as we became closer and doing things together, I, I found out that um, she liked the same things I liked outside of um, sports. Um, church, I wasn't doing church with her but at the time. I was going to another church at the time. and um, But I saw the value of her love and dedication and commitment to, to God first. That's what blew me away. And to be honest, it was because of Judy that got me to be where I am today. Mm. Her perseverance and her understanding of me and um, her love toward me and her um, just being just being there for me and helped me through certain situations that I was did not know. Like when I was um when I, church, I went to one of our church services at New Testament and I I felt the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what was happening to me. I did not understand what was going on. And then she had to guide me or gave me clarity on what what I was feeling. And she never forced me, never threatened me, just just encouraged me. That's the best word. Yeah. yeah. Well let me let me talk about what I consider her voice, man. I admire voices, but it was something about Julie singing because I would have been a preteen, you know, younger than her, admiring, you know, the gospel inspirations. Uh, Then as we grew, we sang with Exalt, you know, different groups. We sang with her and her voice has been steadfastly one of the most angelic, sweet voices you know, how did you feel about having a singer? Do you sing? What's up? Not even in the shower. <laughs> not even in the shower. No, I did not sing. Julie has never heard me sing in her, in her life. Never heard me sing. Uh, 
I know. I don't think Julie had two passions in her life outside of God. God was always number one in her life, even about me. And she let me know that. And I understood that. And I respected that. But outside, after God, she had two passions, singing and children. And I don't know which one was the best. She had, I could not tell you up to this point if she had to, if had to choose one, which one would it be? She dedicated herself to rehearsing, practicing, um, getting it better, always looking to find new new songs, new ways to express the song. And then with children, she loved children. Mm-hmm. No matter how they came to her, she was able to calm them and, and get the best out of each child. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember the times I would either go around to Montessori or I would go to KFC, that's Kids for Christ, the youth program um, yeah. on Friday nights. Always admire her calm demeanor um, in bringing discipline to the children. Yes, yes. Such a special touch, um, a unique way of showing love and discipline right. at the same time. And got to be 99% of the time, the children responded, you know, and so how effective. And then don't talk about singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, that's another thing. Um, there are not many folks that, come to the pastor's home on a regular. Um, however, Sister Julie, uh, for the singing, her and Sister Kathy, we sang in Destined for Praise. And I'm telling you, she was a perfectionist. Um, <laughs> go over it, hit the key. What it should sound like? Should we do this? Now, I always gave her a fit because I was like, but we rehearsed on a Tuesday. Or Monday, Monday or Tuesday. And my voice was still shot from preaching. So I couldn't hit any keys right. right. And so I will always tell Julie, don't worry about it. The Holy Ghost is going to show up on Sunday. You know, the anointing makes the difference. She would right. side-eye me and just laugh, say, Pastor, you're something else. Right. Um, so appreciated her spirit. And, and, and one thing that I appreciated uh, as her pastor is... She didn't just say, Pastor, I respect you, or Pastor, you're the best. I kind of knew she meant it. And um, I miss that. A lot of people say things. However, with Julie, she explained it, and she, she demonstrated it. And she could laugh with me and then be very much in awe of the ministry Right. And um, certainly I miss her. And so I cannot comprehend the level at which, you know, you and director. I mean, well, it's a weird season we're in. Well, when when um, when Julie became the worship leader, <laughs> a number of days that her and Ryan would get together to practice the songs themselves before the rehearsal. <laughs> And many times I had to leave the, leave the room and go, because it was, no, mama, no, mama. Ray, this way. Mama, listen to it. Not jelling. No, no, no. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> many times I was not in the room when they were rehearsing this. 
They both took their crafts very seriously, committing themselves and, and rehearsing. And I'm hearing Julie singing in the bath, bathroom, in the bedroom, in the living room, in the kitchen. My, my. Anywhere, anywhere that she felt very comfortable up until the last few days, she was still singing and, and rehearsing and practicing new songs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, but that was that was her. That was mm-hmm. she, she did, did not take those two crafts. She may not be a good, she would be a good preacher, she said, but <laughs> singing and 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 all that, she dedicated her life to that. And I know that she is up to in the big praise team or big choir. Perfect yeah, pitch, yeah. man. Perfect pitch. Perfect pitch. Yeah. Well, you said something, and it's going to cause us to now go into what we're dealing with. You know, it's one thing to lose someone um, anyway. (laughs) Yet when you lose them, you know, uh, during this season, such a strange season, something you say at first before I go into that proper, you said you always heard us singing. What is your house like now without her right there and her voice? Yeah, it's a definitely a, a definitely no no outside of Ryan playing the keyboards downstairs and, and echoing upstairs. Um, no singing, no nothing like that. Unless I put on a, a gospel CD or a swim DVD or something, it doesn't. Um, not the same. Not not the same. Not not the calmness of her, her and her voice. Um, yeah. In, yeah. Definitely not the same. Definitely. Definitely. And 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 that makes sense because, you know, how long were you guys married? It would have been 38 years, September going. 38 years. That's <laughs> decades, almost four decades of you hearing her yeah. voice. Um, hearing yeah. that laugh, too. Yes. What a boisterous laugh she had. <laughs> yes, it did. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what key the laugh was in. It was like on a sharp key. Because when she laughed, she laughed hard and it was beautiful. Yeah. It was genuine. It was genuine. Yeah. Fake laugh. Yeah, that's you know, she cracked up. I must tell you that the video one time when you guys did the talent, no talent. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. And she felt you do like the ballerina thing. Uh, yes, yes, yes. She almost fell over laughing. Yes, yes. yes. You know? And so... That's a miss. I know it fills you with good memories, yet you lost her from this earth realm during a very strange time. Yes. You know, talk to me about what was it like during that time? You okay. didn't get to visit her in the hospital. Talk to us. When was the last time you saw Julie? Okay, let me go back a little bit before that. Sure. Um, Government closed down the government schools on March the 19th. And she came home and she was having chemo every two weeks. So her next appointment was supposed to have been the 24th or 5th of, 25th of March. And every day before, she had to go in to get blood work to make sure that she was able to have the chemo. And when she went in on the 24th, I took her in, I took, she was home from the 19th to the 24th, never went out, out of the house. And I took her to the hospital 
to get blood work and she it came back the next morning, no, you can't come in because your blood count is too low. And she stayed home and went out again on the a week later to her own doctor's office for blood work again. And again, it came back on oh, 3rd of March, too low again. She, she couldn't have the chemo. And we were home, her and Ryan were in the living room discussing, to be honest, new songs for the press then. And I knew her for 43 years almost. I said, Julie, are you all right? You seem like you're laboring and you're breathing. Then no, she's just tired. And Ryan didn't notice it, anything. And I said, you, you sound like you're, you're struggling a little, a little bit. That's not a lot, but that's a little bit. I could notice it. You know, so, so, so I called the pals now. So she told me to check her temperature, which was fine. And she would check it every two hours. Does she have any symptoms of anything? No, no, no. And then she was checking every day, and then she called the doctor, and then he called the next day, and then that was that was the that was the second of of April. When the, the nurse came the first, doctor called, talked to Julie, and said, "Can you come in on the third around twelve o'clock, just before twelve? So we said yes. So we took it in on April the third. I couldn't go into the office, of course. I dropped her off, and she got into the office. And then I went around, done some running around, but it was, it was the last day before the government shut down the place for um full day. So I went got some groceries and went to the dump, et cetera, et cetera. And I got a call from Julie about Ampas too, to tell me, come get her, let's go to the hospital. Hospital, what happened? So she says, let's come for me. I went to pick her up and she said, I'm got pneumonia. So I took her to the emergency, walked her in, and went to the counter while she sat down, and she went to the triage. Eventually, she was taken to emergency. the emergency. That was April the 3rd, around 2.20. And then I stayed there for two hours and didn't hear anything, didn't get no response from the doctors. So it was getting a little frustrating. So I finally called Julie on her cell phone and got her on her cell phone. And I, she was obviously had been asleep. Um, and I also, are you, are you feeling? She says, I'm tired. Said, are you staying? And you saw she was getting a little upset. I don't know. I don't know. So I said, well, let me go home and get a bag for you and come back. I got back about 6.30, handed the bag to the security guard. Still couldn't see her. Still hadn't seen her. And then um, about... 7.30, I said to the security guard, I haven't seen my wife since 2, 2.20, you know, 8 o'clock's almost here, I'm going to get home off the roads, can you please call somebody out to see me, talk to me? And they tried, and they said, they're not busy, but they can come and see me. And then, make a long story short, 8, 7.50, I had seen nobody, talked to nobody, very frustrated, very upset, so I had to go home off the roads, so I got home, and then about 10, 20, a hospital, I called from the hospital saying that my wife's going to be admitted, and she was took, took the test for the COVID, like the old deal for everyone. And I got a call, called the hospital on Monday for results, the 5th, on the 6th. And I said, 
Can I see her? No, you can't see her yet. Hospital rules, about. So, okay, so I called on the Monday. I got no justice resting. Just got was on oxygen, but I couldn't see her, couldn't talk to her. So, that went on for the 6th, the Monday, the 7th, on the Tuesday, and then the 8th, Wednesday the 8th, I got a call in the morning today. My wife has um, is heavily on, still heavily on the oxygen, and next day or two is going to be very critical. So that was in the morning. So there we had coming night classes on a, on a Wednesday, and at the end of it, about seven twenty-five, when the teacher soon now out of Basby was saying the prayer. I felt something at the time. I didn't know what it was. I felt different. I didn't feel comfortable. So after the prayer, I packed up my rocks, books, and my Bible and went into my TV room, living room area, and sat down. And let me call to see how Julius. And when I called 7.30, I got a different response from the person who answered the phone. They were seen to be excited or agitated or upset or something. They didn't seem normal, calm people. And um, the doctor came on the, on the phone and said, she had passed at 7, 7.29 or 7.25, 27.29. So what I felt at 7.25 was her saying her last goodbyes. Mm. They get a chance to see her. Couldn't, couldn't be there, couldn't, but, you know... So I didn't have any clue. At that time, I had no closure. I didn't know what was happening. When was the last time she was seen by a nurse or doctor? I didn't have any information. Um, that was the Wednesday. And then two days later, Good Friday, to be exact, um, I got a call in the afternoon. And it was from a member of Shikhan that, that had not been back for a while. Kershaw Bruger, and he told me that he was the nurse on duty when Julie passed. She's not lost. She's not lost. I know who she is. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a conversation, and he, he said that she was with her all day, and she just kept saying that she was couldn't breathe. She was struggling to breathe. So he propped up with pillars, extra pillars, and around 7.15, he went inside, and I don't know who asked to pray, but they prayed. He held her hand, and about 7.22, 23, he said, he, he didn't feel her hand. He felt like just heaviness in, his, in her hand, so she was not holding it. She had passed during the prayer, and um, took him... Uh, Back as well, he was he was close to close to us, but he was an active member of the church. Him and his family, um, we became godparents, so we had a special relationship. Pick him up for church, take him home from church, drop him off to work. So we had a good relationship, and um, so he he couldn't call me. He said when, when it happened, two days to call me, but we I had some closure. I know that she was. You know, praying and and with somebody that she knew when she was when she when she passed, so wow. that gave me closure. that gave me closure. Wow, wow! You know, even amidst this time, 
we can still um, thank God for his hand. Right. You know, that he formed a relationship with you and Nurse Booger and his family. Matter of fact, his daughter, her name is Shekinah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, form that relationship. Sometimes we think it's for us in a particular way. And who knew that he would be scheduled um be on duty. He was on duty. Right, right, right. You know, for you, you know, for your family. Right, right. So that you was with someone familiar. Um <laughs> and and I didn't take it for granted that. It was on that Good Friday that he reassured you. Right. Because you began, you, you asked her to marry you on a Good Friday. Yeah. And so here was God returning a Good Friday back to a husband that I would call a good husband. Um, a tremendous moment when you called me. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean she's going? What are you talking about? You know, um, it's one thing for someone to be ill and be in um, under treatment, uh, but we didn't expect this. No, no definitely. definitely. You know, uh, someone who has attended to so many families, so many children, and um, at this time, it's like who's attending to Julie? Right. So I'm very grateful, as I know you are that someone who cared for you both loves your family. God made sure that they were there on duty. And so yeah. it's like she had an escort. She had an right. escort. Yes. And and she died communicating to God. Yes. yes. You know, so so the transition that you feel is not the same transition that she felt. Right. Because she was in the presence of God and now she's in the presence of the Lord. And um, that's our comfort. Uh, Yet for you, um, it's it's a weird, it's a closure, but it's not something when you stand at the altar, you know, for better, for worse, sickness and health to death do us part. Who thinks about a pandemic? Right. And and not seeing, not being there at the bedside of your loved one. It's 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 just abnormal. So talk to me about, well, about telling your son. How do you tell your son? I, I know how you did, but tell the people, boy. Well, I called you first because I knew I needed help with that because Ryan and his mama were very close in the early, not just musically, but um, we were a close-knit family, the three of us, um, and special special moments at different times for different him and I and Julie and I and uh, Julie and him and so he has special relationship with her that um, I knew it was going to be very difficult for me to tell him. So I he was downstairs in his room and I called him up with you on the you on the phone but quietly on the, on the speaker. And when I told him, that was the hardest mercy. I had to tell my son. Yeah. yeah. And he, he broke down and and I had I tried to be tough, straight tough for him. Because I knew I had to tell two more people that 
were very, very close to Julie. And so when I, when he, when he broke down, that, that took me, took me away. Boy, that was hard. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to leave him in one room and go to my, another room and call Julie's sister. Hmm. Miriam and had to tell her the same thing. That was another hard time. And not as hard as Ryan's was very hard. Yeah. Uh, and then that was the second one. Then the third one, I tell my parents to live upstairs of me because they lost the well, my sister passed away eight years before that from cancer. So it was hard telling them that and me trying to be strong for them as well, but it took a lot, took a lot out of me, took a lot out of me. Yeah. To be honest with you, I was glad in a way, in one way, in one way that I couldn't see nobody because I I need that time alone, Mm. reflect with Ryan and myself, and we were, you know, she's still alive here because we talk about what, what Julie used to say or do. Yeah. A certain show comes on or definitely a certain song comes on and, uh, <laughs> or whatever. She said, mom would say this or mom wouldn't like this or mom would love this or whatever. Mm. Um, so she's still, she's still very much alive in our hearts and in, in, in our presence and, Knowing that I had my pastor to give me spiritual guidance and read the Bible and having family and good friends um, to give me support has brought us through, has brought us through. And and very, you know, we do have our moments, each of us. Mm -hmm. I know I um, Certain times, something like it's hard sleeping in the bed by myself. <laughs> yeah, for so long, for so long, sleeping with Julie. Um, so it's hard, um, but you know, a lot of joy, a lot of joyful memories, a lot of happy memories, and crazy memories that keeps <laughs> iron. And yeah, but I do miss that voice. I do miss that voice, that singing voice, and, and hearing the song of the night. When it first happened, it was a little hard at first. Yeah. Got 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 through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A song in the night. Well, here I've posted all these gazillions of songs. And of course, right. my worship leader, right. Sister Julie, you know, um, who, you know, I can remember her not thinking that she could do it. Then she got up there and she became a really excellent worship leader and what I liked is that she worshipped I would love it when she came down from the pulpit and came into the aisle right. you know or, or she would experience um, you know the feeling of the Holy Spirit and what worship she did it she was a worship leader and um, what a miss it's not easy being a worship leader and so you know, as a pastor, I ask the questions. I'm human, like, oh, my gosh, that's my main girl. You know, our Good Fridays. Right. Oh, that was hilarious. Her, Kathy, and I, right. you right. know, um, I would spring a song on them about 
maybe a week before Good Friday, say, listen, this is something we're going to be doing. I'll see you at my house on Tuesday. Bam, we're going to practice it. And, and Jimmy would look at me like, this woman is is got to be kidding me. She's out of her mind. But every Friday, every Good Friday, that's a reoccurring theme. Every Good Friday, she and Kathy just bless my heart. And yeah. I love the fact that it took an amount of faith to believe it was going to work out. Because I know she must got him and say, you won't believe, Pastor. <laughs> She's well, got us doing this. When I heard a new song, I would say, what's that? Some pastor who wants to sing on Friday. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's all be ringing in the house all the time. You know, yeah. singing it, singing it. Said, that's pastor said before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it was our, I think it was Good Friday to me with Julie and Kathy was sort of like our girl time mm-hmm. of, um, you know, we got into a bit of acting, you know, doing right, this right. or that. And I just loved, loved to watch um, videos of how we managed it. Yeah. <laughs> Such a huge, huge miss. And yet here you are. You're yet in the church. You're yet chairman of the board of trustees. You're yet working with the youth. Um, and then, well, um, before I go into some new things, talk to me. I'll ask you this question. Let me see how you answer it. How have you managed to carry on without Julie? <clears throat> well, my faith has kept me strong, knowing that Julie is with the Lord and no more suffering. She never, Julie never showed that she was in pain. You could tell she was in discomfort because something she couldn't do. Similarly, like she couldn't cross her legs at the beginning. There was, she was so weak. And as she got stronger, physically stronger, you could see things happening, her walking further, her doing things physically. And every time she made progress, even if she didn't make progress, she was thanking God. Thanking thank always giving God the praise, you know. Never, never did she complain that she was tired or didn't believe anymore. She kept thanking right. God. Even yeah. kept kept it strong and that kept running and I strong, you know, knowing that she fought a good battle. She never, she never gave up. Never, never brought down anybody. Never had a harsh way. Anybody. She always tried to find the good in somebody. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know. Um, and and, and I, I do, I do. I, I said earlier, I do thank her for being patient with me, and I am this far because of Julie's patience and love for me and knowing that I had some good bad things in me that I needed to come out. And, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So, yeah. So you know these I know what <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, yes. <laughs> I can remember when um she talked to me about you ministering the word of God. Uh-huh. She was like I never thought. I never thought. Look at Junior. Look at you. Uh, you know, um, with such such a 
pride, such godly pride, a, a pride of a wife, of just being proud of you, you know, and um, supportive of you. And then when you and director, her husband and son did a sermon together. Wow. Um, you reminded me in your sharing too, just now, she was actually the year um, she was doing the ETCM classes. Yeah. So we're actually uh, studying Escape the Coming Night, talking a lot about heaven, you know, the book of Revelation. And yeah. she was so into it. She was, I felt like she was prepared beyond prepared for yeah. whatever would happen. Whether God would receive her into his divine presence, she was ready. Whether she yeah. was going to remain with us, she had those songs going, she was yeah. ready. Yeah. And so it's something to to know how settled um, she was, and that's that's what brings you comfort, I'm sure. Yes, you know, yeah. 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 So again, or, or let me go to this. God, I believe God never receives a loved one, which means you lose them out of your physical presence, but you know where they are without him adding to your life in some way. I just believe that. So let me ask this question. How have you managed to carry on and what's new with Alda Duran? What's new with me? <laughs> well, Judy and I used to have a photography business together and we done everything from individual portraits to weddings and events, government events and school portraits or school prize graduations, etc. And um, that was that was fun. She's very artistic because she worked at a flower shop at, at um, Tuttle Gardens. Yeah, I took a course there in, in botany and stuff. And she went to work at another garden. Uh, Brighton Hill Nurseries, and then ending up at the flower shop on Reed Street. It's no longer there now. So she was a ranger of flowers, and she knew how to deal with the flowers. And, and we had our weddings outside of checking the girls, um, make sure that they were they were dressed, they were um, prepared properly. She would take care of the, the man's boutonnieres and put them on properly, and my second set of eyes, and we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Took a lot out of us. But here recently, one of my church members, ah, <laughs> <laughs> is doing something with the youth. And she approached me to say that she heard that I was a photographer. I said, I was. Yes, I was. And she asked me, would I be interested in teaching photography to the young people? And I said, um, I find that yes. <laughs> and uh, that brought back a little spark back into my life, thinking about that. And so we've had a few weeks, three weeks, I believe. And now it's a Christmas break, but I got that spark back. Mm -hmm. I may be, I may be <laughs> looking to get a camera. <laughs> and a lens because I gave mine away to good friends of mine or 
they're not up to date now. So um, I would need to get a new camera. So, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I walk back and my past is uh, encouraging that. <laughs> but what's happening now? But um, but it, it will be different, of course. And my second set of eyes is not there. Be my critic. No, 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 not that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And yeah. But yeah, so that's what I'm um, possibly heading toward in the new year. All right. Becoming more a more of a photography again. And one of my good friends, male friends, is encouraging me as well. So it's not it's not easy to say no no. It's his encouraging me as well. So but yeah, that's what I'm up to these days. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One way or the other, God will see to it that his chosen servants are sustained um, during these times. You know, when we think of it or when I think of it as a pastor, you know, Jacob experienced that. Uh, David experienced the loss. And so God knows how to God knows how to help us through grief. And he said we would experience grief. Yet he also said that joy would come. And to see you working um, in that department and teaching younger people, there's a joy that's been ignited. And I would consider uh, that that joy is a reward for your being a dutiful husband, uh, a faithful man of God, and uh, a servant in the kingdom, and certainly always being there for Julie um, to cover her. And I want you to know as your pastor, I continue to esteem you for your covering of your wife and your care towards her. What's your final words to the to the one who's grieving? They're in the pandemic. They haven't been able to see their loved one at the hospital. Uh, you know, they don't know how to feel. What are your words to them? Well, first of all, if, if you're a Christian, you will know that your wife or your loved one is with with God and she's not lost. The word lost doesn't come up in my vocabulary when I'm talking about my wife. She's passed on to glory and she's with God and she so and if you're not a Christian, I would advise you to seek God. Talk to somebody that you know is a, a true Christian, true believer, get some assistance some help without god is no way that i could be this much comfortable comfortable knowing that i'm I'm not gonna have my wife with me for the first time in over 43 years Mm. you know um (laughs) it's getting a different christmas yes there are times i'm gonna be a little quiet because of of not, not having her with me but i know that you know if I do the right things, continue to do the right things, I will see her again one day. Amen. And same with Ryan. And, and, and I, thank, I, say, I thank my pastor, you, Pastor Stephen, and all my church family that have poured out their love for me, prayers for me, phone calls for me, um, and everything um, in support. And uh, I, just, I just thank everybody. Um, family and friends outside of my church family mm-hmm. that have shown the love, shown the support, and continue to look out for me 
to see how I'm doing up, even up to this date. Amen. Amen. And so just know that that will continue. Church yes. friends, uh, family and friends. Um, when you're really in relationship with people, that continues. It's steadfast. Right. And uh, that's why God has the family unit and why he also says we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together because we need each other. Right. You know, I need you. You need me. That is the right. truth. And so I'm thankful that God is yet sustaining you um, until that glorious day when yeah. there will be such a great camp meeting. Unlike any other ever heard of. Yes. Uh, that great camp meeting on the other side when we will be reunited yes. with loved ones. Yes. Well, I tell you what, I believe that you, your testimony has been an encouragement, certainly to me, and I know it's going to encourage many. Thank you for your transparency, yes. for sharing, uh, for caring enough to share so that someone would understand that, yeah, sometimes we go through, we go through as Christians, yet because we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we don't go through it alone. Yeah. And like you said, it's she's not lost. We know exactly where she is. Matter of fact, she's more found than we are. Yes, yes, yes. We, I tell you, she, she made it. Yes. And uh, we yet have to make it, but I'm, I'm going to make sure I make it because I want to see certain people and I want to, I want to sing with Julie and hit the right key and have her to be very excited about that. <laughs> so again, thank you, Elder Durant. Any closing words before we finish? I wish everybody a, a Merry Christmas. Now remember, it's Christ Mass. Remember the reason for the season. Yes. Remember the real reason. And if you need to talk to me or anybody about church or being a Christian, I'm available. I know my pastor is definitely available. And if you don't have a church home, 98 North Shore <laughs> is basically come. You will find love there. You will find people there that will treat you nice. Oh, sounded like I prepped you for that commercial. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you kindly. Okay. Thank okay. you kindly. And you just continue to be blessed and uh, we'll chat with you. Um, yep. And much love to you and to director. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Blessings of all. Right. Thank you. Okay. Take Bye. care. Right. Amen. So there you have it. We have had the interview with our elder Durant. And I pray that you have been encouraged um, and that you understand why God desires um, that we be in relationship with each other. And as our elder said, you're going to see information on the screen. If you need to reach out to him, to myself, reach out for a word of prayer, um, be connected to a church uh, that is here for you during every season of your life, don't hesitate. We're willing to serve you because that's what it's about. All right. God bless and take care. Have a blessed Merry Christmas. And we're so grateful that Jesus is the reason for this season. Blessings abound.